of hockey the podcast and we are talking indoor insights it's the indoor hockey world cup and we're at the quarterfinal stage it's been a thrilling five days of action so far goals galore new heroes old heroes and so many great stories in this edition we preview the quarterfinals and we chat with the man behind bringing the world cup to south africa simon martin all that and more in this edition of hockey the podcast sitting here at uh, our, our tournament hotel and I'm sitting with Simon Martin. Simon is the uh, chairman of the LSC. He's also the man who runs PSR Hockey in South Africa. And yes, he has created a business that is based on indoor hockey and was the visionary behind bringing indoor hockey World Cup to South Africa. Simon, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, I mean, it must be a pinch yourself moment at times when you realize the World Cup actually is in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Ty, and to your listeners. Um, yeah, I think this whole whole experience has been amazing. I think um, looking back five years ago um, and leaving Berlin in 2018 and realizing that it was probably not possible to have the Indoor Hockey World Cup in South Africa. I mean, that event was just next level. Um, and can we actually do this in South Africa? And Lenny Boerter and myself looked at each other and we were like, not possible. Um, and now all of a sudden, five years later, we're sitting here and uh, we, we're hosting the Indoor Hockey World Cup in South Africa. And South Africa are playing Holland um, in the quarterfinals. And the ladies are playing Austria. So it's, uh, it's an incredible moment. And uh, it just shows that in the last five years, we, we've definitely developed as teams. Um, I mean, and a ladies... Well, obviously our ladies didn't qualify last World Cup, but our men didn't do too well. So at least this this uh, World Cup, we win for a shot, and you never know on the day against Netherlands. So, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a wonderful experience being part of this. Um, I don't think, yeah, the last six months have been just indoor hockey madness in terms of planning for this World Cup, and um, it's really special to be part of it. It's special to be part of it. The Heartfelt Arena has been at Coliseum this week. How, uh, how pleased have you been with how the overall picture came together? Yeah, I think it took a, well, probably about eight or nine days to set up. Um, and yeah, it, wa- it wasn't easy. Um, the, the venue was kind of an empty shell and we had to build the entire um, Coliseum, as you say. And yeah, I think it's, it's amazing um, to see the end product um, with all the colours and and the and the sparklers and the lights and and the pitch, um, it just yeah, it's it's come together really well, and um, I'm really proud of our team that have, have built it and and made it special for here in South Africa. If you uh, Bruce, if you were to look at it, um, one of the 
the, the challenge time is uh, has been the timing of the year. Obviously, school kids at school playing in midweek. But how great was it to see all those school kids come down and support the South African teams on uh, what day of the week was it? Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was that was a really insane moment um, having so many school kids there and and just watching incredible skills and action out there. It's just you know indoor, especially in Pretoria, it's not it's not massive like KZN and and in the Western Cape. So I think for a lot of kids, it was probably their first experience to indoor hockey. And I think hopefully it sticks and they can they can sign up and be part of. Um, you know, indoor hockey programs within Pretoria going forward. Um, so I'm excited. I think it was really, it was amazing to have that that energy and buzz. Um, I think MC John McEnroy absolutely loved the uh, the noise and the, the screams and the shouts. And I think it was positive for the, the SMN and lady side to have them there too. Uh, Simon, I know that you are a supporter of the team. You are the sponsor of the team in terms of apparel uh, with Taylor. How pleased are you that they are starting to deliver on that potential and both teams have made the quarterfinals for the first time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, in 2018, I was a little bit disappointed in the performance of the men's side. Um, I think this World Cup has been unbelievable. I think the program for that five years since then has been really good. Um, they've had a few shuffles with coaches, etc. But I think the players are really committed and, and those are your senior players that are now showing and doing really well. Um, just incredible to see so many young PSI kids that have come through and now being the stars of the team um, on both the, the men and the ladies side and probably say 80 to 90 percent of, of those players have played in PSI for many years so I think it's it's been work in progress and now we're seeing um, the rewards. We know you're a, a visionary person so uh, your mind this week wouldn't have been resting only on the World Cup have you got some more ideas? You don't have to share them now, but are there some more big plans? Yeah, I, th I think my brain never really stops. <laughs> you know, being a, being a goalkeeper, we was a little bit different. Um, but I think, yeah, indoor hockey in South Africa will has so much potential. I think the game just sells itself, and we've seen it this week. Um, you know, win or lose our national teams today, it, it, the journey doesn't end there. Um, you know the next World Cup is in 2025, so it's it's literally just around the corner, um, and I think a lot of the players will probably be in that 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 campaign. But I think for indoor hockey in South Africa, yeah, there's definitely I've got a, a, a lot of plans and ideas and and concepts that we want to implement um, from a from a senior level and obviously from a junior level too. Um, but at the moment, the road's looking good, so. Um, I'm sure it will will awake as we go. And uh, let's let's bring it back to the World Cup. Obviously, the the outstanding story of the World Cup is Mustafa Kasim. But who else? Who else is? And it doesn't have to be a South African. Which players and countries have really impressed you the most uh, this week? Yeah, I think American men has been unbelievable. Um, I think they came here, they've, they've spent a lot of preparation um, and they've probably been here for probably the longest out of any team. Um, and their coach has been inspirational to the side. Um, I think yeah, they, they've really been the kind of dark horses of the, the World Cup. Um, Iran also very f kind of slow but constructive way how they play indoor. Um, they're just fiery on the court as well. And they, they're a great 
team and I think they, I'm sure they'll make it to the top four. Um, but for me, I think USA is incredible. Um, how this is their first indoor World Cup and they literally top of the log um, in Pool B. So yeah, just just a bunch of guys that have come together and and really uh, stuck to it. And yeah, I, I wish them well. And Jason Mulder's done an incredible job with the team, ex-South African and uh, yeah. Um, and uh, obviously they'll be up today against the Namibians, another team you are very uh, close with, have tight relationships with. But uh, yeah, where where is your heart or head lying in that game? Because uh, they did play in a warm-up game and it was actually the Namibians that won the warm-up game. Yeah, I think Namibia have done exceptionally well on the men's side. I think they, they coached really well. They've got a great structure. Um, and all those boys are super passionate about indoor they love it. They've grown up with it um, when they were eight, nine. They've been on that, those indoor courts in Walfish Bay and, and, and Vintuk. And yeah, they, they play passionate indoor. Um, and I think it's great to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to the game um, to see all these youngsters show against some of the best indoor players in the world. Uh, Sam Martin, thanks very much. That was. Uh Awesome insights. We look forward to more amazing creations with PSR Hockey in the next couple of weeks and months and years and more importantly over the next two days for the Indoor World Cup. Cool. Thanks, Ty. And we're back now joined by the, what, what could we call them, the deadly duo, the assassin pair. They uh, scored many, many goals off the field back in their careers, but... They've been outstanding MCs this week. John McEnroy and Marsha Cox. Guys, it's quarterfinal time. Um, that's exciting in itself. Uh, and there are some humdinger clashes ahead of us today. Quarterfinal time and two times South Africa. And one times Namibia. And one times Namibia. How amazing is that, huh? And, and I mean, the Namibian men, we, we can start with them. They came in with a clear plan. They came in with a clear goal. They targeted Kazakhstan and New Zealand. They said, let the big three European teams fight it out. We want that fourth spot. And uh, although there was a little bit of a hiccup in the, game against, uh, in the game against New Zealand on Thursday night, ultimately they're managing to get there and get the, the quarterfinal spot. They are going to take on USA. Um, Mackie... <laughs> Namibia USA, Whew. that that to me is probably the most mouth-watering game. Uh, well, up there, with a certain other game coming up later. But Namibia USA could be an absolute classic. Well, I think first there's a lot to learn from the Namibian journey. I mean, in in the bigger picture, but specifically regarding the the World Cup days, they were very. Um, focused on on their game three game three game four game five of the pools they didn't let the game one and two against uh, um, Austria and and Netherlands kind of take the wind out of their sails they were very very focused and and I really appreciate that I think as as nations trying to break into the the upper echelon it's sometimes easy to forget and try and, and almost lose everything give everything against the top nations and then forget about you know the the priority being the the nations that you have an opportunity to beat so i've been really really impressed with the namibian campaign 
Of course, the the USA team look very focused, very well drilled, very dangerous. They've got they've got experience. They've got uh, precocious youth. They've got goal scorers across the the field, which I think is pretty handy in in a quarterfinal. So you would imagine that the Namibian team have their hands full, but Namibia is Namibia, and they are more or less at home. And there is a brotherhood, there is a unity that is very special. So, you know, um, maybe this World Cup is a World Cup of underdogs, of surprises, of Africa really putting themselves, ourselves, on on the map. And um, I say go Namibia. Uh, they're, they're not going to hold back. The likes of Liam Hermanus, he's a big match player. The, 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 the Brits brothers, um, those Oaks can play. And those Oaks are going to give their all to the USA. But for sure, the USA are, are prepared. Absolutely. Jason Mulder, Jody Rasmus, their coaching staff. Uh, a big South African influence there as well. So we'll claim a victory either way. Um, whoever gets through. Uh, if we look at the, the women's game, the first quarterfinal that, that jumps out for me is that of Austria and Ukraine. Austria at times have looked very, very good throughout the week, Marsh. But um, yeah, at times they've also shown a little bit of fallibility. They look like they are possibly available uh, in defense. That you can, you can find some pockets of space. Very good going forward. Uh, Buchter on the front in the penalty corner. Fiona Falber. Laura Kern, they really are an attacking threat. They give you opportunities in Ukraine. You know, Lobanova, she's been fantastic. They, they've played with heart. The extra emotion could be a guide. To me, that could be the pick of the quarterfinals today. Yeah, I think that's going to be end-to-end um, end action. Um, as you mentioned, the Austrian penalty corner is definitely one of their, their major threats, but... Having say, said that, they've also gotten away with a few lucky calls on those penalty corners this tournament. And I think one of the pool games that stands out for me the most in it was the USA game versus Austria, where the USA ladies probably came into this tournament as a total unexpected team to actually perform well. Um, and them not making the quarterfinal, I don't think, is a true reflection of the type of team that they've proven to be in the later stage of this tournament. But that game, that pool game, proved that Austria definitely have got some weak points. They they got a, a lucky goal uh, to get that 2-1 win. So um, if USA could hold them to, to such a, a low, yeah, a good scoreline, I definitely think the Ukrainians can. Well, you talk about how USA held the team. USA held the Netherlands. The Netherlands probably, and I know it's hard to say this, they've won five out of five but put in their worst performance of the tournament yep. in day five. Is that just a sign of mentally lying yourself for quarterfinals, or is it more of a concern that they maybe hit a little bit of a wall, maybe a little bit of tiredness, you know? Um, no, I think what the Dutch generally, and I say this also with consideration to the men thinking of our men's game tonight, but as a nation, the Dutch generally um, struggle when teams get physical. They, they like to play pretty hockey and they like to be given the space to play that pretty hockey so when teams close down their space and get a little bit physical it's something that they struggle with um, they, they almost need a game to warm up into how to lift themselves up when it, when it gets that yeah physical and a little bit dirty and a little bit ugly um, so the game against the women's game against USA I think 
yes, it was their worst performance, but I think that that is more just uh, their sort of warm-up and opportunity to see that they've got to get a little bit dirtier and be prepared to be a bit more physical, and then you'll see a showcase of skill. So for tonight's quarterfinal, I'm expecting a showcase of skill from that Dutch women's team. And, and for tonight's quarterfinal, there's two large challenges. The first is called Canada and Samantha McCrory. Mm -hmm. They've only lost once. They were very unlucky to lose that once. They haven't won very many times, though. They don't get it over the line. They draw a lot. Uh, McCrory, Alison Lee, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of fight. Very similar playing style to the USA yes. in this tournament. And the game is at 10 o'clock. It's the last game of the day. It's a long wait. You know, does that influence players? Um, and and uh, I mean, it obviously influences spectators. It's also going to be just after the South African game. So mm -hmm. there, there will naturally be a little bit of a lull in the venue. Could all of these things influence probably what would end up being, if it happened, the greatest shock in indoor World Cup history? Oh, of course. I think that that plays a huge role, especially, you know, if you if you know a Dutch person, they love to complain. So all of these things <laughs> are really, it's just ammo for, for more complaints. Um, so, yeah, I think that sometimes they spend too much time on that versus the great opportunity that's that's presented to them, whereas the Canadians on the flip side are probably focusing on the huge opportunity that they have to make history. Marsh, what passport does your kids have? <laughs> Do I really need no, to say? No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> Mac is uh, bringing you back in. I think, uh, you know, the other game that really does excite. Uh, we're going to leave the South African games right to the end to talk about. But Austria-Argentina, it's, it's indoor perfection versus flair, uh, exuberance, flamboyance. Um, Argentina started really well. They've just kind of stumbled a little bit towards the end of the group stage and disappointing for them losing to USA uh, the way they lost to South Africa late on those are those are quite painful experiences you would rather be coming into the quarterfinals with a bit of momentum but uh, we've seen in moments they've got the flair to to trouble the Austrians I think similar to to Marsh's point um, about the Dutch and trying to disrupt uh, the Dutch's um you know, flow and, and, and undoubted ability on the indoor court. And, and w when I heard um, Friday evening, 10 p.m., I'm just thinking that time slot is absolutely made for McCrory. It's absolutely made for her. It's, uh, and I don't know, I was thinking about um, the Football World Cup and just the flip side of what Marsha said, the Argentinians accusing the Dutch team of, of just playing direct and playing dirty football. Um, I don't know, just, it, it, it just rung a little bell with me that uh, the Dutch in hockey are like the Argentinians. They don't like it when you, you take it to them they don't like it when you disrupt they're like that's not hockey but unfortunately when it comes to a knockout McCrory you call her what you like call her ungainly call, call her not pure and I mean I also am a fan because whenever I see it I see the M and the Y and I'm convinced it's it's McEnroy um, <laughs> I think I was more smooth than her but but uh, she's a threat um, but anyway going back to to Austria Argentina I think the Argentinians need to, to, to tap into that a little bit, tap into the fact that they need to disrupt uh, Austria, get them focused somewhere else, because let's be honest, I believe three of us sitting around this table, that's why yesterday was such a, a, big, a big thing, beating Argentina. The gift for us beating Argentina was, hey, there we go, Argentina, enjoy Austria, because we all believe that Austria is looking slick, and all things being equal, which in a World Cup it not always is, 
Australia going to win this World Cup. All things being equal, but but there are surprises here and there's the potential to disrupt the, the apple cut. And I think the Argentinians have the ability to do that. And somehow the fact that they lost to South Africa yesterday, I think it's actually an advantage. A wounded Argentina, uh, Argentinian is a beast. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. This could be a quite remarkable day of, of action. And you talk about the crowd. You spoke about the crowd and what an influence they can have on the on the players. The Argentinians have also got this fantastic little uh, group of support that's come a long way to to support them, and they are amazing. They bring a vibe, and all the kids that are out here today, I think that they're going to just enjoy that vibe and jump on that and and support Argentina as well. And we know when Argentinians have that extra wind in their sails, geez, it's going to be epic. Yeah. Thank God the World Cup is not in Buenos Aires because those four Argentinians, what's it, uh, noise per, per capita of human, they, they, they could be winning. Yeah, we, we almost had to shut the venue for noise complaints, but uh, that was just when the Argentina were playing. <laughs> we just have to cast our mind back to 2018, the quarterfinals. On paper, the favourites were Czech Republic, Austria, Germany and Belgium, the four Europeans. But Iran beat Czech Republic on a penalty shootout. Australia, out of nowhere, beat Belgium. How much inspiration can people take from that? I cannot wait for that first quarterfinal, Iran versus Belgium. I just hope that the, the officials have been amazing this tournament. They've got everything under control. But, um, but <laughs> the, that game, that Iranian game versus Belgium... The first quarterfinal, that's going to set a standard of physicality. It's, it's, there's going to be like fire on that pitch. I cannot wait. And we talk about support. They've got this cool crowd as well with their drum, beating their drum. They, it's, it's incredible. The support here has been incredible, not only for our South African teams, but for the other teams as well. I cannot wait to see what Belgium do and if they are inspired by the 2018 Iranian story. I personally am a big fan of the Iranian team on and off the field. I've had quite a bit of time with them. Communication is not 100% clear. Um, but the, the captain, for example, I came up to him yesterday and I said, George Clooney, Iranian George Clooney, and all of the rest of the guys were laughing. And the, 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 the goalkeeper is one man mountain, but what a character. What a character. Um, the Dekmans, Dekmans from, from Belgium. He is a fire starter. He is someone who walks the tightrope. He is someone who is going to enjoy provoking the Iranians because he quite he, he knows an Iranian team focused, calm and disciplined is possibly one of the best teams in the in the tournament. But it's an Iranian team that's focuses elsewhere can fall apart. And and Dekmans, watch it, watch him, watch him in the quarterfinal. And, and Iran, if you look at their last two games needing a last second controversial yes but last second stroke against south africa to to save a draw needing a last minute equalizer against czech republic they 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 are great they really are great and they continue to show fight but they are giving people a little bit of an insight into uh, how to beat them jabu i don't know in this in this sport a team that is scoring in the last minute, and when is the best time to score? In the last minute when you can't reply. You can say that's luck and it's walking the tightrope, but 
I think that last minute is absolutely critical. Like, for example, we'll go back, we'll, we'll talk about the South Africans soon. And one of the big things that I think we have to work on is the immediate uh, period after we score a goal. Somehow that be- it's becoming like a, a, a weak point uh, for us. But seconds are, are crucial, are valuable. And to see how calm and how strong um, Iran are finishing games is indicative of a, of a world-class team, I believe. There's one other quarterfinal before we get to the South Africans that we, we must talk about, but it's quite interesting. The Czech Republic have really flown under the radar. I think the fact that they lost to the, the Canadian... The Czech Republic women. men are flying home. No, not them. <laughs> Australia, woman. The woman. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, just, uh, just, just playing. Just, just checking. Yeah, well, they, just checking. They're, they're on their way. I'm just having a quick check. Uh, but the Czech Republic, I mean... They, they look good and then out of nowhere they lost to Canada in a game that they really deserved nothing out of. And then they switched it back on. Australia started really well. Their win against USA was probably a, a, a tournament-defining win for them and it ended up being enough to get them over the line. Their performance against South Africa was really poor. Um, I think that was a, a largely down to South Africa's defensive structure but it was also down to a flat performance that so they weren't able to capitalise. They didn't look great uh, playing against Austria yesterday only in pieces can Australia is there is there something in that team will uh, the inspiration of an influential character like Graham Reed being in the crowd mm-hmm. maybe give them that bit of inspiration do you see any way for Australia to get it over Czech Republic today you know um, the women's competition has been a little bit um, unpredictable in that sense. I think a lot of these teams have produced um, inconsistent performances um, throughout this tournament, and and it shows in the results. It shows in, you know, like you say, sometimes results have gone their way, but the performance was not that flattering. So I think this this particular quarterfinal is one that nobody can really predict which way it would go. I think both teams have the ability to, to gain the upper hand and I think it's just going to come down to whoever's more clinical in their performance and, uh, and don't make too many unforced errors. Of course, both Czech Republic and Australia made the semifinals in 2018 and both, uh, sorry, the quarterfinals and both were defeated. It's an opportunity for one of them to improve and that's a golden opportunity. I think uh, what's relevant to Australia is also relevant to, to Belgium as a nation. They're, they're a, a world power in, in hockey. And regardless of, of what team and what the conditions are and who's playing well and who's not playing well and who should win, when you put on an Australian shirt now, when you put on a Belgian shirt now, you expect to win. And, and I think an Australian, when, when uh, he or she, in this case, sees Czech Republic, uh, of course, Czech Republic is ranked higher and should win and is a top-class indoor team. But Aussies just say, well, we win. The, the canary yellow, we win. We win. And we find a way to win. And we find a way to win however possible. Um, so I, I, would never, I would never disregard that. And, and certainly you mentioned Graham Reed, his, his daughter Emma's in, in the team. There, Graham Reed exudes that that quality of of kind of saying, you know, we we don't back down to anyone. You know, it's a ball, it's a game, and uh, we've got just as much of a, a chance as you. And, and Australians epitomise that. Australians epitomise that, but maybe a country that uh, epitomises that even more. In uh, in my view, and I may be unbiased, I may be biased in this, is South Africa. The South African character, the South African spirit, backs against the wall. 
You know, we we love to back an underdog. We love when a South Africans backs against the wall. That's when they're almost at the best. Uh, resilient country. We deal with quite a lot that other people don't. You know, we have backup batteries for everything, and maybe even our teams have backup batteries in them. How exciting that we're at the quarterfinal stage, and for the first time ever, we're not just talking about one South African team, we're talking about two. Chabu, I mean, I have goosebumps. This is a significant moment in South African history and South African sport. I think on the larger context, this could also be a catalyst for something quite astounding in the next five to six years um, in, in indoor, but also in outdoor. I can recall many, many uh, moments um, and, and often not um, sort of campaigns, but many games where South Africa have, in, in men and women, have displayed the spirit that you mentioned, the spirit of being the underdog, the spirit of courage, the spirit of, wow, the South Africans just never give up. But it's often in one or two games, and it's often when we're on the receiving end of a, let's say, a courageous um, um, loss. And people are like pat patting on the backs and something's missing. We're like, we don't want to be you know, patted on the back for these losses. And, and it's something I think, I don't know, Marsh might jump in now, that it, it, it's hard to get that off your back. It's hard to change that, to, to, to be um, courageous and, and fighting and South African, but then also to, to start winning games and, and to start pulling games together. So this South African team has that spirit, has that courage, has that fight, but man, oh man, both these teams, and particularly the men, they have world-class quality. And not just world-class quality, big match temperament, like the ability to perform under the ultimate oppression. That goal to secure the quarterfinal spot and to give Argentina a nice little gift of the, the Austrians in the last few seconds, just exude, I mean, Julius, intercept. Diane Kasim rolled to the brother, changed the direction. Mustafa, first touch, move in. The, the, I don't know, the mark of a great player a lot in this tournament is the people who are, who are active or, or in motion when they're receiving the ball. And Mustafa Kasim, he's almost stopping and flicking and moving and diving at the same time. And that ball was traveling into the roof of the net. That skill is unbelievable, unbelievable. And... This African team has it. I can remember, I, was, I have the privilege to be with, with Marsha alongside, you know, on the halfway line. And all I heard from Jethro Eustace, we will get one chance. We will get one chance, boys. We will get one chance, boys. We will get one chance. And they got one chance. And they had the ability to bury it. South African teams of, our, of old may have created that last chance, but we would not have finished it. And these boys have the ability to finish. And I don't know. I'm not sure who, who slept better last night. The Dutch team and the Dutch coach, or the South African team, and, and, this, and well, the South African coach is injured, but that's another story. <laughs> well, you talk about the magic of Mustafa, let's, or magic Mustafa, let's talk about also Captain Jethro, he says. He has been incredible. So I've been chatting to Jet quite a bit, and we talk about how defense wins championships, and um, that is something that, like you said, we need to tighten that up the minute we, we go 1-0 up. But... Um, Jet has been phenomenal from the back. You know, somebody who's able to actually pick the line of that penalty corner defense, something that has been, like, critics have been quite 
harsh on us about. But he's managed to pick the line on that penalty corner defense. And I think that today's the day that it's not going to hit him on the body, but he's going to make the clean save with his stick. And also somebody who has the courage to take that take those balls flying at him on his body and give the keeper a second chance to potentially save a, a penalty stroke. I mean, that is, that, is kept, that is leadership from behind with your heart on your sleeve and also with a brain, a hockey brain, that I don't think people actually realize how important it is at, at international level. So I think with somebody like Jet at the back, just commanding that team, leading that team by example as well. And then the Magic Mustafa, Diane, um, Ryan Julius, you know, the, the others that come on, they are also on fire. Um, I have, I'm just like, I'm just picturing all of these boys, their faces, their movements on the field, and I cannot wait. It's, it's like, this is going to be a day of excitement. I don't know, Maggie, how are you feeling? But on the sideline and getting the crowd riled up, it's going to be like the biggest build-up I think I've ever had in my whole international hockey career, where it's just one big game after the next to this like ultimate, freaking, epic, amazing quarterfinal watching the women play and then our men play. That is going to be insane. Marsh, I, I, can't, I can't agree more with everything, starting with Jet Eustace, what a what a beautiful man! I'm I'm so I'm so happy for him. He's been a dedicated warrior for for South Africa indoor and outdoor, and I couldn't agree more. His presence, his calmness, his decision making, his bravery, is just so important to this team. The combination that he has um, with uh, Justin Domleo is is remarkable. And then obviously adding on the rest of the boys, I was really happy to see Aiden Tun coming onto the field a little bit more. Uh, yesterday, um, we may see Dan Sibbott coming back into the equation. I have to laugh. Um, you mentioned Ryan Julius. I, I love the fact that Ryan Julius hardly gets mentioned in in any other era of of uh, of of hockey in South Africa. Ryan Julius would be mentioned in everyone's tongue, but because we have uh, Mustafa and Diane, it's like Ryan Julius is world class. I was sitting with uh, with Graham O'Connor and uh, Graham O'Connor, Graham Reed. Graham O'Connor probably thinks the same also, and um, he said Julius just reminds me of of uh, Jamie Dwyer. That that's a big compliment from an Australian, and and even his mannerisms, the headband, the way that he moves on the field. Ryan Julius is a top class player, and yes, today Marsh Jabu, all of us part of this South African hockey journey, all of us who are going to be in that stadium today, we are the seventh person. We are the wind in those Kasim sails. The Kasims just grow; their wings start to expand with the the noise in the crowd. Unbelievable. Some people shrink. The Kasims get taller and bigger and faster. The Juliuses, the the bravery of, of uh, Jet, unbelievable, unbelievable. Lochrenberg, he's small, but he is just a, a, like a like a like a hiss machine. I mean, important man. I, I'd like to see Lochrenberg uh, stand a little bit more on the penalty. Um, he's made a couple of really outstanding reflex saves. I think we need to back that man's reflexes. I feel like his reflexes are his, are his strength. And when he tries to pick a, a, a spot for the penalty strokes, as you mentioned, Jet used to taking a couple of balls on the, on, the, on the body. When we start to save a couple of the flicks, the energetic shift in the matches could be absolutely massive. And I, I, I really think today, Logerenberg's going to be an important factor.
And while everybody's watching the, the Kasims, then you're going to get Chad Futcher who's just going to come and drill that ball, fire it through the back of the net like he did yesterday. So really excited, really looking forward to that. Let's not forget the women are also going to be fired up. They are so fired up for this game. We've got the likes of Jess O'Connor on that penalty corner, and she's been quite consistent with her performance this week. I think that she's also going to lead the team from behind. And all our girls need to know is that when they get those penalty corners, they've got the powerhouse of Jess to put it away. And then don't forget, uh, Edith is having an amazing tournament. Celia Evans and, and Edith, when they make those combinations, those quick one-two passes, they are totally, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a threat. To, to the opposition, so I'm really looking forward to watching our woman just also bring it and and am I allowed to say shit on the show? Of course. Tear shit up. <laughs> Tear shit up. Well, well not. But uh, uh, Marge, you know, I want to also talk about the 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 undersung hero of that team, Tegan Faree. She's positioning. Her positioning has what's seen her. She scored three goals already in this tournament. She missed a stroke in the first game. And that could quite easily deflate. I mean, it could have earned South Africa a draw against Austria, which now, looking back, would have been a very good result against a team that's won four out of five. But when she was called on an even bigger one, needing to get it against uh, Australia, she delivered. She's got three goals to her name, 53 international goals now. And it comes off the back of position, and she's often put on the field with the second five, without the Jess O'Connors and Celia Serrani's on, which uh, means she's often having to force and create herself. She's been an unsung hero. The other, the other one is Danny D'Oliveira. Yesterday, we saw her arrive at the tournament properly. She's been good so far, but yesterday against New Zealand, she really stood up. And, and to me, this means that th this could be that that is the spark that ignites her tournament. It's the spark that ignites uh, Tegan's tournament. And hopefully Edith comes along, her mom, was flown up in a surprise to her, hasn't seen her play live, got flown up just before yesterday's game. It was emotions were high and uh, such a beautiful moment. Yeah, that, that's, that of course is an incredible moment, really beautiful. But, you know, you talk about, about Tegan and when she comes onto the field, I think one thing that we mustn't underestimate is that sometimes coaches do that deliberately because they don't want the standard to drop. So, so a player, while you might think that it's coming on with a second, team it's actually not it's a team that might be a, a group of players that need to maybe lift the tempo lift the standard of play or maintain so there is no I don't believe that there is no one and two uh, in the substitution but I think that Tegan has been phenomenal um, as well as Danny and also let's not forget Kayla Duvall I think that those those three when they come on together that they also are incredible players and the one thing that I was missing at the start of this tournament was a little bit of beast mode from them. Yesterday we saw a taste of it, and today I'm hoping that they bring it XL. We, we, we have seen, you mentioned Kayla Duvall. She has probably got in the best positions in the tournament. She seems to hold back from shooting a lot. Do you think the goal she got here, I mean, she scored a cra crazy good goal against Austria, but she's been clutching at chances, and yesterday, even her goal came from a miss hit first and the rebound. Could that goal be the, the, the confidence giver that she needed ahead of the quarterfinals? I certainly hope so. I've had a few chats with her and I think that the only thing that we're missing is a little bit of that fire. And I, I, we saw a taste of it yesterday. You know, normally, I think if she had had that miss at the start of the tournament, you wouldn't have seen her 
come back with with the finish and seeing it yesterday just shows that she's got it within her she just needs to unleash it well there you've heard it if you're listening to this on friday morning get down to the arena seven o'clock to an arts friday the 10th of february 2023 seven o'clock south africa women take on belgium it's a game that they will fancy themselves with a good opportunity the south african men at 8 30 play the netherlands thanks to simon martin they know the netherlands uh, style quite well from playing a bunch of the guys over the all-stars they know robert tiggs well the challenges tiggs knows them just as well two thrilling games to to bring us to the weekend the semi-finals and finals uh, we will have one more chat with Mackie and Marsha before the tournament ends. And don't worry, there'll be more when the tournament is over as we pick our players of the tournament, our goals of the tournament, our MC of the tournament. All of those important awards will be given out after the tournament. Uh, guys, thanks for joining. Enjoy the hockey and uh, see you at the court. Cheers.